Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to our podcast, and, like, I don't know, I was listening to some other podcasts talking about, like, oh, no, like, I wasn't using my good microphone or whatever, and then I listened to ours, and I was like, it sounds fine. Yeah, I think it's because, like, there's no high watermark for, to compare us to. <laughs> so anything that's not, like, me trying to get your voice out through my audio, I think, mm. the first time. Anything better than that is great. Um, okay. Um, hello, and welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast. My name's Alex, and I have not read Homestuck before. My name's Lydia, and I super have. And we're going to tell you about it. So this week, we are picking up with Act 4, finally, after spending a bunch of time in, like, weird, disjointed intermission hell. Uh, well, two so, weeks. You know, not that long. Two weeks. Oh, it, it felt like a long time. <laughs> it felt like a long time to be away from my children. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are reading pages 3258 through 3306, which is just, like, the game that starts up uh, Act 4, and then, you know, some pages after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, so so it does start with a game, so let's, uh, I want to hear Alex's impressions of this, because I feel like it makes a way bigger impression the first time around. Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely impressive. Um. <laughs> How so? So it starts off, so I actually, um, since it has been a couple of weeks since we were following John around, I wasn't exactly sure where he was. Like, I knew he'd gone through the gate, but it took me a a while to realize that that transported him down to the surface of the planet that mm-hmm. he's been on. Um, but so yeah, this game starts out. John appears like he gets kind of transportalized, I guess. To I don't this know what we- you want to call it. He like in a flash, like he appears on this on this ground, and it's this blue landscape with these like glowing blue uh, tree trunks without leaves all over the place, and they're kind of twisty, really cool-looking trees, and there's all these pipes as well that are kind of sticking out of the rock. Mm-hmm. And so it tells you that you can, you know, move around with the arrow keys and hit spacebar to, like, swing your hammer. Um, and then you can also access the Silodex directly, which is pretty cool. Um, and you're going to be picking up a bunch of items as you explore this landscape. And so you actually have to... Uh, wrangle with the Tilladex, which is pretty fun. Pretty fun or pretty infuriating, depending on how you experience it, because did this ever happen to you where you would accidentally pick something up and it would fling a useful object, and so you'd try to pick up the useful object, but it would fling another one, and so you'd have to cycle through all of them, but then you'd accidentally pick up the garbage one again, and you'd have to go through the whole thing again? Oh yeah, like I kept, I kept, um, like, picking up objects near walls, yeah. And then the object could, the, the other object would get flung out, bounce off the wall, and land right at my feet where I would pick it up again. And I'd have to, like, move one pixel at a time, like, while the objects were, like, cycling through until I could get far enough away that it wouldn't get picked up immediately. Um, that was frustrating, but it was also, like, really funny because that's kind of how this, how John lives his life. Yes, it definitely puts you in the character's shoes in, like, a very real way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but eventually I figured out, like, oh, I 
there's these empty because he has like four stacks now yeah. in Estella decks. So I, I figured out like if I empty a stack, then I can pick up objects with it oh. and like fill up that stack. So uh, by the end, I was like pretty. That's pretty versed in the Silidex shenanigans. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, so there's a bunch of imps that he can go around and beat up and get some grist from. Um, and interestingly, they are not just the jester imps anymore. They are there are some cat shaped ones and some uh, octopus Cthulhu shaped ones, who both of those kinds are wearing wizard robes. So that is happening because. Rose has entered the medium. Some of them have um uh some of them have princess outfits on too. Oh yeah, you're right. Like little pink pink princess hats and pink princess dresses. Yeah. And also interestingly there were some blue and gray ones. So not just like the inky black ones that we've seen so far. Yeah, they're like made of different stuff. So like the inky black ones are made of like oil, but these ones are made of like cobalt and like uh mercury, I think. Oh, I see. That was what um dropped when you hit them sometimes. Yeah. I see. Cool. Um, yeah, so what these imps apparently are uh, invading this landscape because you meet some friendly yellow salamander people as well. And they kind of, you start um, near like the spawning area, they just say glub, 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 glub. But um, if, like as you explore, they start talking in more coherent sentences. Um, and they teach you kind of what's going on here and how to work these pipes, which are like a really interesting um, kind of world building mechanic. So basically um, this, this world that this blue world that these yellow salamanders live on um, the way that the economy works is there's these pipes that extend all through the interior um, and you can either uh, drop a mini tablet, a carved tablet basically in the shape of a uh Silidex thing card capture card there you go <laughs> vocabulary um <laughs> so you can you can chisel a the shape of the object you want onto that and then that gets sent somewhere they don't know where and the object comes back um but also if you uh, are next to a pipe that has an object in it it is customary to take the object, which is doesn't make any sense for the economy, but is very convenient for this game. So, because you just get a bunch of objects. Yeah. Um, well, because the uh, so the, so the missing third piece is that if you open one and there's a carved tablet in it, you're obliged to put the object in. Oh, I, I missed that. Yeah. I didn't do that. I probably effed up. Um, no. And also, but also some of these. Uh, pipes when you open them are just full of black goo uh, because it turns out that the imps have been coming up through the pipes and now that Rose is here they're just coming up out of the land. It's now that is... now that John's here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah so these guys are pretty upset about the, uh, the invasion of their home. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that kind of goes on here. Like it's a pretty big map and luckily there is just a link underneath the game to a a map of the area mm -hmm. and you can follow along where you are there um but a few other things that we see are a gray frog statue that looks like the temple in, on jade's island 
and that has been uh, destroyed by uh, an imp or probably an ogre because it's a big, big mess. Um, <laughs> and so that kind of correlates to um, the aimless renegade hating or like thinking that frog uh, amphibian imagery is illegal, I guess. Because like the the salamander guy is like, oh, they destroyed the statue which was sacred. Uh, anyway, well, so like so aimless renegade is not the same as these imps. Oh right, I forgot about that. They're, no, it's okay. They so they are still the reason. So so did you get to the bit that talks about how the imps got there and the slumbering whoever? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna talk about that after. Okay, yes. so so we'll get to that then. Yeah. Um, well, just kind of to quickly wrap up, um, you can actually, t- a few of the conversations uh, bring up, like, a conversation with Nana Sprite to explain some things to you, and she reveals that you are the heir, H-E-I-R, um, whatever that means. And then later on, you learn that the heir is the one who is destined to fight the slumbering one who is the cause of all the problems here, who kind of summoned the imps and also trapped the fireflies underneath the clouds, mm-hmm. which is why the um, the planet looks so cloudy from above, I guess. Right, um, right. It's like why the clouds are like stuck in place and not like moving around or anything. Yeah. And he's filled the pipes with sludge. Mm-hmm. And then took so, a nap. Yeah. Um, so it's the heir's job to take care of that. Also, they mentioned agents, which I'm not quite sure what that means yet, but I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to. You are. Oh. Yeah. Remember, what, remember that the, that our friend Jack is an arch agent? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So all of, uh, all of the carapace people in the employ of, um, at least the, the Black Kingdom are agents. And so, like, the Black, they're saying, like... The reason why, like, the slumbering one, like, did all this stuff was because he was, like, tapped by the agents. I see. To do it. Which is why, despite being a completely different species, like, he's an agent, why the aimless renegade still, like, really hates frogs. Um, Okay, I see. Because that's their whole MO, and so, like, they also have these imps, like, go and, like, destroy frogs, and... Right. Um... And uh, so, it, speaking of, like, the ways that you can talk to Nana's Bright, one of the ways that you can talk to her is, so as you're seeing this destroyed statue, she's like, yeah, like, amphibians are going to be really important to your quest. Because the, the people that you walk around talking to are these little yellow salamander people. And, uh, and, and John is like, what, like, frogs and stuff? And she's like, especially frogs. <laughs> yeah. Tuck um, that one away. Okay, I will. <laughs> Um, what else goes on here? Oh yeah, there's one quote from one of the salamanders that I really like, which was when they were explaining, um, that John is destined to, or that someone is supposed to come take care of all this mess. Uh, the salamander says, as the consorts of this land, we are predictably persecuted by dark forces. Predictably. Yeah. And require a hero for our salvation. Alas, there is no hero in sight. Wait a minute. It is you. (laughs) <laughs> he um, says so, that but then there's other ones that are like like talking about like if I saw the air right now I'd probably punch him in the nose 
for some reason. I don't know. What was I talking about? Or, like, other ones that'll say, like, pretty cool how I'm taking your existence in stride, isn't it? Yeah. The, yeah, it's it's very... It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but basically, I think that's setting up that when he goes through each of the gates, he's going to have to uh, fix a problem with the world that corresponds to that gate. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Well, um, because they say they're predictably persecuted by dark forces... I assume that this is the beginning of a pattern. Right. So we are you saying that there's going to be different worlds through each gate? Yes. Okay. Um, and... Oh, we should mention that this blue planet is called the Land of Wind and Shade. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of factors into the lore of the salamanders. They're like, oh, the breeze is going to come back and like fix everything. Or something about the breeze. Yeah, the capital B breeze is like their divinity, sort of. Yeah, exactly. So all in all, this is like a pretty cool bit of world building. Mm-hmm. Um, Lydia, you mentioned that the controls were janky and you didn't like it. I hated them, but I hate, here's the thing, is I don't play video games, period. So <laughs> the fact that it, like, anything that's not just, like, point and click is just, like, this is unnecessarily complicated, and, like, <laughs> my spatial intelligence isn't, especially at first, like, I hadn't played a video game in a really long time, and so I, like, could not at all make any connection between what I was seeing on the screen and what I was looking at on the map, and, like, it really infuriates me sometimes in this comic the way that they, like, take for granted that, like, you can do that, and, like, I super can't. But I figured it out. I actually, I looked on the wiki page because obviously none of that was going to be a spoiler for me. And uh, (laughs) was just like, in what order am I supposed to do this stuff? And like, where exactly do I go? And can you explain to me what to look at? And so I did it basically with a walkthrough. Um, That's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I I think they probably are pretty justified in taking for granted that most of their, his, I guess we're talking about Hussey, most of his audience is going to be literate in gaming mechanics oh for sure i don't disagree with that at all yeah um but yeah i i like i just kind of took it in stride and explored every corner of the map and kind of figured out where i was on the larger map and just kind of followed from there so it took me all in all like speaking to every salamander and clicking all the pipes and uh getting stuck on a bunch of walls with, um, Silidex stuff. <laughs> it took me a bunch, about 40 minutes to explore the whole thing. Did you pick up, um, Serenity? Oh, no, I didn't see her. You, yeah, so if you open one of the little parcel pixises, um, so two interesting things that happen around the parcel pixises. One of the, a couple, actually. So one of them is that you open one and it's like, there's something inside, why don't you take it? And it's a firefly trapped in amber, which is later, much later in the future, how we Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw the amber. I didn't see Serenity in it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a little firefly in there. Um, and then, what are some other things? When you touch one of the parcel pixises, and it actually varies which one that's going to be, depending on, like, I had to, I restarted the game a bunch of times because I was, like, not sure I was, like, going in the right order. Um you click on it and you just hear like, hello, it's nice to see you. And, uh, that's, that's, you might imagine that that's PM. I think that's PM's voice from the future. Like she's using the console to talk to you at that point. Cause okay. she's, she's all about the mail. 
I see. I believe. Um, and then another funny thing is that a lot of the, um, you come across two different uh, chiseled tablets that you're, like, supposed to throw stuff in for. And uh, mm. one of them is your dad's hat, and one of them is a shoe. <laughs> so, presumably, your dad is out there somewhere and has figured out this economy and is trying to, like, find his hat. I see. Um, I did the opposite. I messed up. Um, when I found those, and then found the, like, the empty ones that you're supposed to throw something into, mm-hmm. I th- I just threw the like, the tablets in, because I thought I was, like, requesting a hat and a shoe. So but greedy. It, some, someone else was requesting a hat and a shoe. Yeah. I see. Well, <sighs> all right, well, now I understand why the economy seemed so one-sided. Yes. It's because I was taking advantage of it. Wait, I have one more thing. This reminded okay. me so strongly of, um, and, like, vice versa of when I played that game. So, do you remember that part of Undertale that's, like, you wandering around in the dark? With the, like, the lantern mushrooms? Yeah, the lantern mushrooms and then also the, like, watery part. Oh, yeah, like, like, like the waterfall area. Yeah. Like, with the glowing blue plants. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, I feel like that this could definitely have been, uh, like, a direct inspiration for that. Mm-hmm. because, um, as people at home probably know, um... The developer of Undertale, the smash indie hit of last year, was uh, a, or still is, I guess, a um, music maker for uh, this thing, which is called Homestuck. <laughs> um, speaking of which, oh man, I forget, oh man, um, there was a, because, okay, we should probably talk about how last week in Homestuck, there was an 18-minute flash. What? As part of the update. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I should I should just, I should just go watch that. Like, I don't even, I don't even understand where we are right now, but I just want to, like, go watch it and just, like, I'm, like, uh, so sad that I'm not caught up as it's ending. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but basically, Toby, I guess, wrote a piece for that, but it wasn't named, and he was like, oh, you guys name it whatever you want, and he he shared a screenshot of, like, his track for this, and it was called, like, Opa Toby Style. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah. So, yeah, um, another ringing endorsement for Undertale on this podcast. Yeah. About Homestuck. Play Undertale. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think we're probably done with the, uh, game. Should yeah. probably just say that it was programmed by Alexis Beingnesser, or Beingnesser? Yeah, I don't know how they pronounce their name. No. Um, additional art by Cindy, just Cindy. Mm-hmm. And the music, uh, which was really, really good. It was, was so good. Doctor by George Buzinkai. Buzinkai? Buzinkai. Uh, Buzinkai. And it was remixed by Michael Vallejo and Clark Powell. Nice. Yeah, so thanks to all you people um, five years ago for doing that. Yeah, it was really, really pretty music, but it very quickly, I maybe it's just my headphones, but it was way too loud. Oh. Um, so, like, even when I turned the volume down, like, as far as it would go, it was way too loud, so I had to just turn it off. <laughs> but that's probably my shitty headphones. Speaking of headphones, uh, on the next page, we go back to our future desert, desert future 
buds. Yeah, that's what I started calling them this week. Desert Future Buds. That's so cute. They have a name, but it hasn't come up yet, like, yeah. as a group, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, Aimless Renegade, who is the, oh man, um, he's, so, you know that, um, you know those Neil Cicero videos where he does the, um, like, the races of Star Wars and Star Trek, but they're all wrong? No. Oh, they're so funny. Okay, I believe you. We can um, put that in the show notes. Yeah, good idea. Um, but, like, it's just, like, he says funny things in a nerd voice okay. instead of the actual race names of, the like, the Star Trek and Star Wars aliens. Okay. Um, but the one he does for Tusken Raiders, he calls them gun mummies. <laughs> and that's what Amos Renegade is. Oh, that's up there with, um, so yes, you're correct. He is a gun mummy. He is a cautionary gun mummy. Um, but that also reminds me of the, uh, I, you see them most on, like, Facebook at this point, but, like, other names for animals. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, oh, God, I can't remember the name of a single one. Something, snakes are noodles of some kind. Oh, okay. Reminds yeah. me of those, and then it also reminds me of those, like, pages and pages of, like, mispronounced Names of fruits. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Oh, God. This is so unfunny. <laughs> <sighs> so, our, um... I mean, mispronunciation is just, like, a really good and timely joke. It's inherently, yeah. It's pretty inherently hilarious, so... <laughs> Speaking um, of which, what? Yeah, so, um, Gun Mummy is in a shootout <laughs> with... <laughs> It's one of the the worms in the um, Apple Bomb Control Center. God, this fucking comic! <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just like blasting lasers everywhere, and he should by rights be vaporized, but he's like jigging around it. Yeah, because I mean, the way that this comic works is if your sprite is just jiggling around fast enough, you're fine. <laughs> it's kind of like the Flash can go through walls by just jiggling his atoms fast enough. <laughs> That's that's what's going on here. That's not... Oh, that makes me so mad. That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, but that is what's going on here. I accept it here because it's cartoon logic. Well, so is The Flash. <laughs> so is cartoons. It's cartoons. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, the three are kind of uh, at odds with each other. Um, AR is shooting at both of them. Um, yeah, both then, PM and WV. Yeah. But then through um, stuff blowing up, the pumpkin that has Becquerel's face carved on it falls onto WV's head. Um, and AR freaks out and stops shooting and runs down and, like, puts his hand up in front of WV. Which is really funny, because, like, he sees this symbol, which is Becquerel's head upside down, and he um, prostrates himself before that. Yeah, he well because like Beckerl is really powerful. So, oh yeah, I guess you're right. That's spooky. I think that's why. I don't remember exactly why, but that that, that would be uh, that would, I guess Occam's razor that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um. So that goes down. I mean, like Occam's razor need not apply in this comic. That's true. To be fair, but I mean that that's something that we can understand mm-hmm. given what we already have for context. 
Right, but so PM doesn't quite pick up on, like, the fact that, like, a surrender is quite what's going down there, and just, like, beautifully, her male hat falls off, and she swoops in with her, like, gnarly black sword, and is, like, about to take out AR, and then we, like, yeah. leave. <laughs> we yeah, so, so we leave with, on a panel of them, with, um, <laughs> WV is just kind of dancing around with his pumpkin on his head and just holding, like, a makeshift spear. Yeah. <laughs> um, PM is perfectly still with her knife to, or with her sword to uh, AR's throat. <laughs> and AR is just kind of on the ground, wiggling his arms and legs around. And we just leave them in that, uh, on that cliffhanger <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. So that um, goes down. Yeah. And so the first thing... After that, that we see is Jade, um, back at the temple, with the huge um, lotus contraption that we saw last time or last act. Right. And so it turns out that this is a time capsule, and it contains Dave's copy of the be- of the Spur Beta. Um, and I have no idea how long it was closed, but the digital readout thing o- on the bottom uh, has um, digit places for billions of years. So presumably it was closed um, when it was delivered via meteor in the infancy of the Earth's formation. Right. So probably about four billion years ago. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Dave's... Did we find out how Dave lost them? Um, The last we saw is some birds flew off with them. Oh, okay. A long time ago. Like, early, early in this comic. Right. And that's why he was fighting his brother to get his brother's copy. Right. Well, no, he was fighting his brother... Um, just because? Just because his brother set up, like, a whole Saw-style, like, creepy oh, right. summons to the roof for a fight. Right. And Dave's uh, prize for putting up with that was his brother's copy. Yes. And in this, in this reading, like... I forget, it was Jada Rose, says, where have you been, Dave? And he's like, I was fighting for, like, an hour and a half with my brother on the roof. Yes. Which is very funny. Because it really, it went on through, like, three or four episodes of this podcast. Yeah. It's just all of these things would happen, and then we'd cut to Dave and his brother on the roof, messing around, and then just cut away again, that's all you would see. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Jade does some... um. Solidac shenanigans, uh-huh. which I think is a nice little way to kind of bring in the act. Just, like, harken back to some Solidac stuff. Yeah, to a simpler time when it was all just <laughs> jokes about game mechanics. Yeah, so um, she tries a Jenga modus, um, which doesn't work because she, I guess, isn't good at Jenga. And she just, like, all her stuff collapses. She She falls asleep. She has a narcoleptic episode. Oh, that's what happens. And knocks okay. it over, yeah. Um, so then she goes to Pictionary, which um, is really cute, and also it was chosen by the readers. Thanks, readers. Yeah, it's, thanks. It's very cute. It is. So she has to draw things to um, put them in the Silodex cards. Um, and she's but, unable to draw herself a ripe pumpkin. Yeah, there's some things that she can't draw. Um, or that she can't get. Like, if she tries to draw something that isn't actually there, 
Right. Um, she'll so just she pass. gets a she gets a ghost image. Yeah. Um. So she gets a ghost image of an actor. I forget who. Charles Dutton. There you go. Um. So she doesn't actually have a photograph of him, but she has the code on the back of the card. So if she ever um is able to scan that code into one of those machine thingies that makes items, she can get a photograph of Charles Dutton. Yeah. Um, and she tries to do it with a pumpkin, but the code doesn't show up. So she's, I guess, fated never to see a ripe pumpkin. Yeah. That's part of her karmic fate. Uh, <laughs> for some reason. Um, and she also can't pick up her, her base, which is why it's still there in the future. Yeah, it's, so she tries to draw, like, the base, and then she just gets a ghost image of a regular base, and then she draws a really nice detailed picture of the base, and the, she gets a ghost image of, like, a Mars rover. <laughs> or, like, I think of, of Wally or something. Yeah, it's like a, a robot, goofy thing. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, Johnny Five. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know. Um, but then she... Um, Becquerel finds her in the temple and, like, immediately apparates her to her room. The jig is up! Yep. Um, and she says, oh, the stuff that I left behind, that's my time capsule for the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and yes, you're correct. I see you asking, do, um, does the timer on the time capsule that, like, closes up again when she gets the betas out, like, it says it's gonna be 413 years in the future, it's gonna open up. Yep. That's, yep. <laughs> Confirmed. Should we say specifically that that is when the desert friends are there? Um, yes. Okay. Um, and you're, so... You're meant to at least strongly hypothesize because, like... Sure. At least when we're talking about extreme distances in the past or in the future, there's pretty much, like, Earth's formation, present time, desert friends. That's it. Oh, was Earth's formation 4.13 billion years ago? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I bet it. I bet it was in this comic. Um, <laughs> so she immediately starts installing the beta. Um, and then we go back to John. Right, she's uh, she's installing the beta because she's like, I might as well like be proactive and just yeah. get things set up and whatever. Um, also, Beck, I th- also Beckerl has locked her in her room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and John is having a very cute conversation with Jade. Yeah, um, so, well, when we first see him, uh, he, he he has his, like, Google glasses on, mm-hmm. and each lens is, like, displaying a different pester log, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering how he types in that, but I, I guess that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just, the words just kind of appear. Yeah, don't worry about it. Maybe okay. they, like, project a laser keyboard into the air or something. Maybe, or maybe he can, like, dictate it. Maybe. Like, a really advanced Siri. Yeah. That can pick up on, like, non-capitalized uh, grammar cues. I mean, you could probably just, like, set those preferences somewhere. I guess. Yeah. Um, so Jade says something interesting to John, which is that, well, she says, oh, I have suburb, and he's like, oh, I thought you didn't know what that was. And she was like, oh, silly, I was asleep when I said that. I know what it is. So... The sleep version of Jade, I guess, just has different information from Earth Jade. Yep. They they are, like, the same person, but they don't have all the same memories. Right. 
which I guess I already knew. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry, I can't actually supply much more information on that. It's not super yeah, clear fine. to me either. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> just just keep saying yep or nope yep. at things I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they have that conversation, and then at some point, like, Jade also says, like, I think he locked me in my room, and, and you know, they're talking about how he's a handful. And so at some point, if you remember earlier... Dave gave the sort of horrifying suggestion that she should, if ironic suggestion, that she should just take Beck out behind the woodshed and shoot him. Yeah. And uh, Dave's, or uh, John's, John. you know, sort of similar comment is, I think, you know, I think he's doing it all in your best interest. He's sort of like a guardian angel. If I were you, I would take him out behind the woodshed and give him a big hug. Yeah. And she just like gives him a smiley face. Hmm. So we head back to Jave. Jave, you know, our good friend Jave. That's probably the shipping name. Uh, no, it's Dave Jade. Why not just, like, Dade? Because that's awful. Dade or Jave? No. Yeah, shipping, um, a ship name needs to have at least two syllables. Uh, I'm sorry, how's that go? Uh, <laughs> I mean, John Rose is Joe's. Also, Joe's and Jave. God, God. Those are that's those that, are two old men sitting next to each other on the porch in rocking chairs, throwing things at passing children. I like Joe's and Jave. Uh, except Joe's is like it's just Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Jose and Jave flinging cigarette butts <laughs> at passing dogs. Is that the episode title? Jose and Date? No, not really. No. That's not actually funny. We're not. We're not actually funny. Um, I, just, I just wanted to note that Dave's room is filled with crows. Yeah, Dave's room is full of crow- his roof is full of crows. His room is full of crows. We should remind you, since we haven't seen them in a while, that neither of those things are normally full of crows. <laughs> um, so that's a little alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, Jade sends him like a screen cat, like a, a photo. Uh-huh. That she seems to have taken through her dream bot, like of the incipisphere of like a cloud showing the meteor headed towards his house. Yep. Um, which I didn't realize that she could just like provide photographic evidence of her vision type things. Yeah, and like you'd think she would do that more because like John especially keeps constantly being like, "Oh my god, you're psychic." Yeah, but I mean like. She she did, she did say today that, like, oh, I couldn't tell you about it before because if I had, then it would have changed how you would have reacted and it needed to happen a certain way. Right. Um. So maybe now she can be more uh, transparent about it, especially since John's going to wake up soon there, question mark. Um, but, yeah, I just, I didn't, it didn't occur to me that she could just, like, take, like, use her laptop camera there and just have photographic photographic evidence of these, like, cloud visions. So it's not her laptop camera. It's a, if you look at the top, um, it's a screen cap from her dream bot. So presumably, I don't know exactly how this works, but I guess, like, so her dreaming self, you know, I I guess the, like, through, through the dream bot's eyes, it's seeing what, dream jade sees right which is how it's able to like fly around in the same way that dream jade is right 
and it can like log that information. Yep. Cool. Um, so then Dave gets interrupted by carcinogeneticist. Yeah. Who uh, we see a little icon of of his face um, when he's pestering John in the eye. Um, I and I, who he is. I, I, am I right in that that is the same troll that we saw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you okay. if you look at the sprite and like look at them side by side, it's exactly the same. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah. So he. He talks to John, and then he reveals that um, basically their their relationship is uh, backwards. Like one's first meeting with the other one is the other one's last meeting with the other one. Right. Which is a Doctor Who arc. Like that's what the Doctor and River Song did. Oh God. <laughs> oh stop! No, because. Stop. I'm emotionally vulnerable today, and I normally don't care at all about the doctor, but, like, <laughs> stop. God, I'm, like, emotionally invested in John and, and CG's relationship, and then that, like, spilled over into thinking about the doctor and River Song, and, like, stop. <laughs> a very small punch in my stomach. Oh. I don't okay, we don't, we don't have to talk about that anymore. No, let's talk about it, because, like, here, like, I don't know. I do think it's really funny, because it's a lot of... So help me God, I'm not going to blurt out this character's name. Um, <laughs> but uh, he he talks about how, like, oh, like, I'm so annoyed. Like, I, you know, you're so dumb. And, like, I keep having to, like, repeat things to you. And I'm done repeating things to you. And it's like, whose fault is it that you're working backwards? Like, literally, yeah. that's how time works. He doesn't know things you haven't told him yet from his perspective. But, like, they are teenagers, so... Yeah, and it seems like the trolls interact with time differently from humans. Yeah, so they have access to any point in um, in John's right. timeline. And, and so he's choosing to work backwards, like... Oh, I see. But, like, but for him, it... Like, he, he probably just has, like, a hard time understanding, like, that John can't be cognizant of that it's like Maybe. it's like if it's like if someone could only remember what they see in front of them and they couldn't remember what they see behind them and you can like point over their shoulder and say look there's a car behind you and they're like what's a car that's an interesting hypothesis <laughs> and you won't find you won't you won't really find out about it for a very long time Okay. So, um, but so, so we talk a little bit about their formation of their friendship and how, like, they become good friends by the end of, John becomes good friends with CG by the end of this. Um, meanwhile, like, CG is just meeting him for the first time. Um, they also, (laughs) I don't know, some, what is it? Okay, so one important bit of information that gets dropped is that the trolls are also playing Suburb, but in a different session. Mm-hmm. So, like, and separate so have from John di- and his friends? Yeah, so they have a different instance of the medium. I assume. Yep, that is exactly how that works. Um, so that's one thing. And then, um, <laughs> I also just really love this character, like, discourse, or, like, dialect, or whatever, like, his just mannerisms. Uh-huh. He just, he starts talking to him with, Hey, John, calm the hell down, all in caps. And John's just like, Ah! <laughs> how did you find me uh, I changed my handle and um, the troll is like you think handles matter to us blah, 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 humans <laughs> um, 
And, but then later on, he starts talking about, like, oh, yeah, we, like, feel this, like, human emotion called friendship. And John is just like, friendship isn't an emotion, fuck nuts. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I like the the line, this human, this human emotion called friendship. <laughs> it's really good, and it comes right up in the next screen where... Yeah, we see the desert friends um, bonding over some warm soda pop and old rations. And they're like, this emotion, this human emotion called friendship. And they're like, in the sunset, like sitting around a fire, or not a fire, just some cans. Yeah. It seems like they should be sitting around a fire. And like, Serenity's sitting there blinking. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. So they've they've somehow made peace, nobody got murdered. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. And then we move to... Jade setting up Dave's house. Yes. Oh, also, um, the troll um, told John that Jade needs to contact the trolls because she's just been ignoring them. Right, but it's apparently important that they talk to her. Which? Yeah. Why is it important? Hmm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, you're so meant Jade... to wonder. <laughs> okay. I mean, I wonder at everything in this comic. It's a, it's a given. I don't have to say it. I'm envious. <laughs> um, so Jade, yeah, Jade is setting up Dave's house. Yep. Um, she puts the Cruxite extruder on top of his um. The broken air conditioning unit on top of the apartment building, mm-hmm. and the text is like, "Oh, that's pretty handy that that was scaled exactly to fit that," because obviously it was. Yes. Which, like, there's uh, some foresight, because we've been seeing that air conditioning unit for, like, hundreds of pages. You're right. Thousands. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, not thousands, plural, but, like... Well, like, a... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then Dave drops another arsler because Hussie doesn't know how not to, like, I don't know, use an actual word that means the thing he's trying to express when he uses that word. Yeah. Whatever. Um... Oh, uh, and then him and Jade banter some some more about the profusion of crows in his bedroom. Jade complains about how difficult it is to position all of these objects, and she says she wishes she played more games, and I was like, my girl, I feel (laughs) you. Yeah, Um, because Dave's room is a mess, and there's, like, wires crisscrossing the floor, and Jade can't put an object on top of those wires until he moves them. No, she cannot. So she moves his bed out to the roof. Yeah, and uh, and I think Rose is like, look at her, she has the karma. Yeah, so I'm, I was a bit confused there, because Rose can't see into Dave's room. I think because Dave is saying that, like, yeah, she's Dave moving like, the bed. Yeah, Dave is like, describe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, did you like the what Rose said about, like, oh, these two boys have been doing this and they, like, made a mess and this girl comes in and does it properly right away. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it feels cute and lighthearted and not, like, like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, a lot of times the way that, like, I don't know, when people write kids talking about, like, gender divides, it's, yeah. it's like, the kids are written as not being self-aware about it at all, but she's, like, very, very, like... I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm reading that into her, but she's very, like, cheeky about it. It's funny. No, for sure. I think, like, I'm reminded of those early um, Avatar episodes 
where Sokka's like, oh, girls can't fish, or like, oh, girls can't be warriors. Mm-hmm. And like, he, there's no reason for him to think that. Like, he's been, like, alone with a bunch of women for two years, and he's seen that they've been able to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and everyone immediately calls him out for the fact that, like, that's absurd. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're not like, oh, he's so probably, like, they're just like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah. So, oh, and um, and Jade and Rose are both riffing off of Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff references, which are really cute. Yeah. Um, but then, like at the very end, I think it kind of negates itself in the like cool gender dynamic way, where Jade is like, "Oh, this apartment is a mess. It needs a womanly touch." I think she's being funny. Okay, I'll take your word for it. That felt like really out of place to me. Yeah, I, I imagine that as her just, like, I don't know. It is a little, like, clunky, but... Yeah, but it also, it kind of, I guess, um, deconstructed itself because she doesn't know how to clean. So she, like, tries to dip a towel in the toilet. Right. But then drops it in the toilet, and then she can't get it out, and she just, like, tears the toilet out of the floor. Yep. In an ongoing theme of, I think Rose, like, ripped out John's bathtub. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, it does definitely deconstruct itself right away, and, like, I don't know, I think, so they don't really go into that a lot about, like, in the comic, about how, like, Jade really doesn't understand, like, Jade obviously has access to the internet and stuff, and, like, she understands plenty, but she doesn't necessarily understand, like, some things about the world, including, like, how to do gender, and, um, Mm -hmm. in the fandom, people take that a lot further in really interesting ways, like, they're, like, I don't know, among other things, like, obviously Jade wouldn't shave any of her body hair, because, like, where would it occur to her to, like, do that, and, like, why would she bother? Yeah. Um, so that's, like, pretty canonical, is that, like, Jade is a hairy little wilderness girl, which I love. (laughs) Yeah, that is cute. Yeah. Um, and that's the reading. Yep. (laughs) Which, actually, so I was worried that I had paced it right, but it looks like I did pace it right, because that game took a long time to talk about. Yeah. So. And there were some nice, hefty pester logs in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was a really good um, intro to Act 4. Um, we touched on all the characters. Uh, we we know what's going... We know what all the, the stakes are. We know where everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with that reading. Yeah. Um, I do feel like, especially with kind of jade explaining a bit more about stuff that i wouldn't understand what she was talking about if i hadn't had lydia explain some things to me okay um and just like a whole bunch of little things where lydia you uh guide me in the right direction that i feel like i just wouldn't have picked up on if i were reading this alone but that's probably a good thing um because I need to be on the right page for this to work. Right. Well, and I do also think that because we're reading it in little snippets, like, when you, when you, like, just mainline this comic, like, and you're, you are neither, like, participating in the ongoing, like, fan discourse in between, like, live updates or just reading it all in order, like, the little bits and pieces of information she drops don't make sense, but they fit together. First of all, they fit together a lot more naturally as they go because it is all more fresh for you, and then when they do start coming together a lot more rapidly later on, 
they're also fresher then and and it makes more right. sense. So cool. Thank you for um, not resenting me. <laughs> oh no, yeah, never. Aww. Um okay, so I think we should talk about the uh, let's try it again. Um, I think we should go to listener questions. I concur. Um, so while Alex opens those up, I think this is the first time I've remembered to do the thing the entire time that we've done this podcast. But um, if you guys want to send us questions, you can ask us like via the Tumblr box on hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. We have anonymous on, so let's get weird. Um, and you can also give us an at or a DM on Twitter where we are also hamsteakpodcast. Uh, yes. So our first question from, uh, Tumblr comes from Tumblr user Brickchip. Uh, That's me, you guys. is Lydia. Uh, and Did you call me Lydia? Is... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? That's how it sounded. All right. Um, so she has a question for me and it is, tell me what you think about the Homestuck fandom so far. What kind of preconceptions did you have, and have they changed at all? And how do you see yourself fitting in? Um, uh, my, <laughs> um, my preconception about the Homestuck fandom was kind of wrapped up in Homestuck itself, in that it was, like, dense and incomprehensible to the outside eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel that way about the fandom, because, probably just because I haven't gotten into the really weird stuff yet like with all the i keep going back to the image of like cons with group photos of a dozen troll outfits um which just seemed intimidating at the time and continues to seem intimidating oh um and also i just like don't engage in fandom very much outside of like cute fan art um and it seems like like one thing that i know about Homestuck fandom is that there's like sad stuck. Like that's a genre of Homestuck fan fiction where they just like I guess it's just like dark fan fiction. Yeah. Which just like doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, there's a lot of really dark fan works. But there's also a lot of really like heartwarming ones. Sure. So yeah, like I I feel like Homestuck is like any fandom, except just um very vocal but i mean lots of fandoms are now like i think i think homestuck was probably prototypical of a lot of big weird fandoms that we have now true um like it came before bronies even god and bronies got weird in different ways but they started out kind of as the same like this thing's really good you all should be watching it Mm -hmm. slash reading it and we're gonna dress up as weird uh colorful things yeah. <laughs> but let's not talk about Bronies very much. Le- yeah. Um, <laughs> um, our next question on Tumblr comes from Dear King with three E's. Uh, and it is, hi, Hamsteaks. This is a good pod. Thank you. Uh, Lydia, which characters in HS have your feelings about changed most as you've reread the comic? Alex, what's another piece of media you've reread and had very different opinions on the second time? Ooh, these are good questions. I think this is my friend Jason, but I can't remember for sure. Because I think he used to have 
Deer King with two E's, and then I bet you that got taken, and now he's on Deer King with three E's, but I'm not sure, and I don't well, want to check. Okay. Should I check? I'm, I'm checking. Okay. Uh, no, this is Tay, 22, from Portland. Oh, well. Interesting. Oh, maybe... Hmm. That's so weird. So, maybe I'm mistaking... Maybe my friend Jason didn't have the URL Deer King, but I definitely used to be followed by someone called Deer King. That's so familiar to me. Hmm. Oh, this is so weird. Tay, if, if we, like, used to be mutuals a million years ago, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I purged, um... I purged my followers completely this past summer because I was just having a lot of weird feelings about media and I only, I literally only follow like four people now. Um, so it's nothing personal. <laughs> uh, I will probably still check your blog. Um, okay. So what character has my opinion about changed the most as I've reread? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, that we've seen so far. Hmm. I think I like Dave a little less. Yeah. This time around. Yeah. Um, because I'm sort of more actively deconstructing like what's not okay about, um, and like not as a, like, I still like the, you know, quote unquote, the character as a person. I still like him a lot, but I yeah. am, a, I, I think that he is a lot more lazily designed than really any of the other characters in some I... ways. That's definitely how I feel so far. Yeah. And, like, he... So the thing is, that character is going to get a lot of really great development later on, but just right now, like, yeah, I'm just not... Like, Hussey didn't try that hard on yeah. on creating him, and and I think I, I bought into him a lot when I first started reading, and I, like, kind of don't now. That That makes a lot of sense, just, like, in terms of how old you were and where you were in terms of... Uh, understanding of things. Right. Um, okay, so thanks for those tougher questions. We have a couple from Twitter wait, wait, as well. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, oh you I forgot. Yeah. Uh, my So another piece of media that I've reread and had different opinions about the second time. Jeez, um, that's hard. Because I haven't reread or rewatched a lot of media in recent years because I've kind of been on an ethos of, like, I have to see as much as possible, so I can't, I don't have time to reread things. Right. Um, but before that, um, I mean, I reread Harry Potter, like, a dozen times. Oh my god! Well, the first one, like, nine times. Wow. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, like, as I got older, my opinions about that changed. Like, can you give one example? Um, like, I used to think that Snape was a tragic figure, and now I think he's just an asshole. <laughs> right on. And that's, like, definitely, um, influenced by, like, fandom discourse. Yeah. And, like, people outside of myself being critical of things in ways that I hadn't thought of, and me internalizing that, and I think that's an important part of any interaction with media. Um, so probably anything that I revisited now would, I had had different feelings about than I did a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's a good example because I, I'm just like looking at my bookshelf and I can't see anything that I, that pops out at me. 
Hmm. And I haven't rewatched any TV in a long time. Um, so thanks for those questions. Yes, thanks. So our first Twitter question comes from user at Trinity Codex, who asks, how long do you think it will take for you to finish the entire comic? Um, so I think Lydia's done some math on this. Let me redo the math on it, though. Um, just in a quick and dirty way, because also it just recently updated, so hang on right. a second. Or, I mean, don't actually hang on a second, because we're going to edit this all out, but... That's 66.89 weeks. Um, so I guess round that up for a rate of, like, we miss one or we do, like, a half episode every, like, month or so, every, like, six weeks, maybe? Yeah, so probably June of 2017. Wait, what? Well, so it's it's the mi- it's early April now. So, yeah, we'll probably be done, yeah, maybe, like, June, June or July 2017. Yep. <laughs> Sorry if that math doesn't quite satisfy you. It's all very fungible. I'm also about to start grad school, um, yep. so that could get real exciting. I have no intentions of stopping doing this podcast because it continues to be the highlight of the week and like a big sanity-making thing in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, And I like this comic, and it's cute, and I, I really want to finish reading it. So, <laughs> <sighs> But who knows? Also, the other thing is who kn- like the entirety of Act 7 is going up on... 413, I think. Uh, So, who knows how long that's going to be. I think Hussie's posted it, but I don't feel like looking it up. Um, Who knows if I'm going to, like, catch myself up with where I stopped reading before during that time or whatever. I think I might, because at some point it's going to start to be relevant. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, June of 2017, I guess. Mark your calendars. calendars. (laughs) And then watch us just blow through it spectacularly, so. Yeah. Thanks for your um, question. Yeah. Um, so our final question comes from Twitter user Dromedary. Oh, hi. Uh, and he asks, how will Homestuck end? It's a pretty nice and simple question, uh, which I have no qualification to answer. Um, as I, I think it's going to end... So he posted, I think he said it was going to be a big flash and then a bunch of pages, and so I think the pages are the ones that are going to go up on 413. Um... In a looser way, I want to editorialize a little bit and say, like, not with a bang, but with a whimper, because, like, I'm annoyed that this comic has drawn out for as long as it has, and in my personal opinion, it's way bigger than it should be, Um, Mm. and it's outgrown itself, and I resent that because I got really invested in it, and now it's kind of more than, like, you really, like, to really be able to process the entire story you have to invest so much time and effort and it has to be on a reasonably compressed time frame just to be able to keep everything in your head at once even if you're like literally taking notes and having a wiki open yeah you like, like you, yeah yeah like i forgot some stuff that happened 3 weeks ago yeah and it takes i mean if you're reading it if you're reading you know chunks of it every single day it's going to take you like a month plus to read yeah um and I think that's uh, that's the end of our questions. Yeah. And so that's the end of the episode. Thanks for thank listening. You. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, if you'd like to find us individually online, you can find me at CrunchLeaf on Twitter and LeafCrunch on Tumblr. And I am BrickChip on Twitter and Tumblr both, although my Tumblr is uh, absolute garbage at this point. Like, I don't, I don't post very much there. And my Twitter well, is I mean, also kind of garbage. You post, like, aesthetic stuff. Like... So it's good. 
God, I like get me off of the blue website, please. Take me away. But yeah, I mean, follow me. I don't know. Go do it. Fine. I like I said, I usually don't follow back. I'm sorry. Um, but I like would love to message you or whatever if you want to say hi. Yeah. Um. So Lydia, do you have our pages for next week? Um. So yeah. So next week. So Homestuck's ending. Um. This coming week, but uh, we are not. Uh, we are going to be picking up with page. 3307, like the one after where we stopped reading, as always. Uh, and we're going to read through pages 3401. So that's 94 pages. And we're going to be a little ways into Act 4. I think it's going to take a, I want to say it's going to take us about eight episodes to get through Act 4. That is, I just pulled that number out of thin air, but I would love to know if I'm right. I actually have to set out new sets of reading soon because... We're almost out of the ones that I prearranged mm-hmm. months ago. Um, but yeah. so then, so that's what we're doing next week. You'll you'll hear that next Monday, uh, April eighteenth, and then the following Monday, April twenty fifth, is going to be a live episode. Yeah, um, yeah, surprise. Yeah. So when I flew up to um, Toronto last year for um, TCAF, Air Canada, bless them, um, overbooked the flight. And uh, I volunteered to stick around and spend still more time languishing in Canada alone (laughs) because Alex had to go back to where he lived at the time. Um, So I did. And they gave me lots of money in Canadian airfare in exchange. And so I was able to pick this random weekend in April. Like, a bunch of my other travel plans for this month got messed up. And so instead, I was able to pick this weekend in April and just, like, just go. I'm literally going to be in Halifax for, like, 36 hours. And what are we going to do? We're going to record a podcast. So. Of course. We'll see you then. When in Halifax, (laughs) record a podcast. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so we will uh, see you then. And if you have, like, questions you want us to answer in person, I guess that wouldn't really make sense. But just, like, yeah, yeah, live episode. Yeah, go for it. So, and believe me, we will will effuse even more about it uh, next next week. week. So you're not going to forget. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.